almost said good morning and then I realized it's not morning, but it might be morning when you're listening to this. Hey, so, we are on like what? Philippine charts? Where are we charting yeah. these days? So if it's morning, good morning. If it's afternoon, good, good afternoon. If it's midnight, go back to sleep. We'll yeah. be here in the morning. Correct. Um, unless you can't sleep, which that implies we put you to sleep. So ne- never mind. <laughs> Ignore that this, train of thought. You know, this is this is good because usually we start with hello humans. This that is... was one time. <laughs> um, but you're not here to listen to us jabber. That's that's the next episode. Yes. The main episode. Today you're here to listen to an interview, which is we do say this every time. But and it is we one mean of the most every time. delightful interviews yes. we've ever had. It's We're like talking... a sip. It's like a sip of Earl Grey tea. It is just refreshing and it's comforting and it's lovely. I'd say more of an Arnold Palmer because it's got a little oh, okay. bit of a yeah, southern twist. But yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking to Rachel McIntyre-Smith. She's a singer-songwriter. You're going to listen to her introduce herself in like 30 seconds. Um, so I won't introduce her any further. But yes. seriously, guys, one of the best interviews ever. Yes. So I'm Leah. And I'm Bethann. And this is She Will Rock You. Where are they getting a dub in a CBS executive meeting? No. Bitch, don't touch my thermostat. <laughs> the ghost be like, pull up before I haul you. Let me turn down the thermostat. This is bad. We're on page one, guys. <laughs> this is She Will Rack You. We are joined today by the lovely Rachel McIntyre-Smith, who I have personally been obsessed with for like a year now. So this is like fangirl moment for me. Very excited to have you here today. Um, so to start, tell us about yourself and how you got into music. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on here because I'm equally as big of a fangirl of this podcast. Mm, um, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but so, um, like you said, my name is Rachel McIntyre Smith. I am a country Americana singer songwriter based out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. I grew up in a really small town, uh, called Oliver Springs, Tennessee, Um, It's right outside Knoxville. And um, how I got started in music, um, well, I was always drawn to music. It was always something that really pulled me in. My mom said, like, whenever I was really little, we were at the beach. And I was, like, so shy as a kid, so shy. But we had been listening to the Beach Boys the whole way to the beach. And I walked up to just strangers on the beach and was like, Ba 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 baran. And yes. uh, so I was, but I was really, really shy. Um, and so that kept me from wanting to do any sort of performing or anything until I was in third grade because um, while I was shy, I was equally as hyper competitive when it came to academics. And I always was like trying to get the top grade in class. Um, And really, there was only one girl in my grade who, at that point, who could compete with me and sometimes get the higher grade than me. And one day I heard her talking about how she had started taking piano lessons. And at that moment, I was like, you can't have that. You can't have that because my grandfather was obsessed with trying to figure out how to stay mentally sharp because he was so paranoid about getting Alzheimer's. So he would always be reading me these articles about different ways to stay mentally sharp. 
And he had read me this article about how if you start doing music, then it like unlocked this other part of your brain and was able to train your brain and people who played musical instruments would get higher grades and et cetera, et cetera. And so when I heard she started taking piano lessons, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't care that I'm bashful. I don't care that I'm gonna have to get up and perform in front of people. I have to go home and sign up for piano lessons. And so I did. Um, and I didn't tell my family why I was doing it. <laughs> they all just thought I was like following in the family's footsteps because both my grandmothers played piano really well and my, both my parents play piano. And, um, so I started taking piano lessons when I was nine and it was like fate because my dad found this amazing piano teacher who was equally as competitive as me. She, her name is Celeste Varagona. She is an incredible, absolutely incredible piano teacher. Um, she was born in Italy. Her father was the conductor of the orchestra in Florence in like the 1940s and 50s. She went to this Italian conservatory. So she was really intense about music. And um, so it wasn't just like going to piano lessons for an hour a week and, you know, having a recital every now and then. She had us in like super intense piano competitions where we had to memorize music and try to, you know, win the state piano competition, get the superior ratings, all this sort of stuff. And that was just like the extra little bit of push that I needed to really dive into piano and like get hooked. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's, uh, that's how I got started playing music and performing. Um, and I took competitive piano lessons for 10 years and competed in competitions. Um, and I picked up clarinet. I was in marching band when I was, um, well, I was in band in sixth grade, then marching band when I graduated and went into high school. Then I taught myself ukulele, then taught myself guitar. And I didn't start singing in public until I was a junior in high school. Um, and because I was, once again, extremely shy to do that. Um, mm -hmm. And I honestly didn't start telling people that I wanted to be like a musician as a career until like three years ago. Wow. Um, because... Once again, I was that hyper-competitive person. And so I made straight A's all through school, all through college. And I think everyone thought, you know, she's going to do some like big academic thing. Um, but here we are. <laughs> I love that. Thanks, Following yeah. your dreams. Yeah, just going for it. My uh, sister said a few weeks ago she ran into like my fourth grade teacher and she's so sweet I, I don't think she meant anything bad by it but she was like so what's going on with Rachel like we heard like she's gone wild <laughs> <laughs> um, so wild yeah so wild and my like pink purple playing at cat cafes I'm just you know off the chain <laughs> off the rails <laughs> Speaking of the cat cafes, that is actually how I found you on TikTok was the video about your tour through the cat cafes like right before the pandemic started. Uh, please tell me about that because that sounds incredible. <laughs> so I was totally going to ask you how you found me because I'm always baffled whenever people that aren't my family has somehow found my music. So I love that. Um, the TikTok algorithm knows that if it has a cat in it, I'm in. Yes. <laughs> um playing at cat cafes is like the funnest thing. I don't really know why more musicians aren't doing it. Um, but it's like playing a really cool house show, but in the house, there's also 30 cats. <laughs> um, yes. 
And all of the owners of cat cafes have the same really cool vibe. And um, the way I got started playing at cat cafes was a few years ago, um, my family rescued this kitten and I spent the whole summer just obsessing over her. I like could not do anything. I couldn't go to the gym. I couldn't go to the grocery store. Like I was just with this kitten all the time. And I said that I was like in a kitten coma because like, I just was like drawn to this cat, could not do anything else. And so I ended up like essentially writing a love song about this cat called the kitten song. And, um, whenever I was thinking about like trying to start performing things, performing shows, I was like, okay, I've got this song about a cat who would like this song people that go to cat cafes. And so that's how I first started um, playing at cat cafes. Um, I started playing at the one here in Chattanooga, Tennessee called the Naughty Cat Cafe. And um, then I realized I did some research and found out there's like over 90 in the United States. So I just started contacting them and they were all so cool and so fun. And so at the beginning of 2020, I planned a seven state concert tour of cat cafes. I had like over 20 cat cafes lined up and I was going to donate the proceeds to my merch from my merch to Feline Rescue. Um, unfortunately, the coronavirus had other plans. I got a few shows into it um, and had to cut the tour short. But once the Delta variant subsides, I want to get back out and play at more yes. shows because it's just it's the funnest thing and. Also, since there aren't a lot of artists that are doing it, it's easy to go to a bunch of places that I want to play and want to build audiences in. Um, and it's also really fun. And like, I, I've kind of got this perfectionist thing in my brain that I'm trying to shake. And playing at cat cafes is really good for that because you you cannot control 30 cats in a room <laughs> like there something is going to happen they're going to do whatever the heck they want to do and so I just have to roll with it like I've had cats throw themselves at my ukulele in the middle of a show like jump up on my piano while I'm playing it like just anything you can imagine it's happened during a show and just it it kind of teaches you how to roll with the punches and it's just a really fun place to play so, like I said, once this coronavirus dies down, mm-hmm. I really want to get back out there and play more cat cafes. If you come like within three hours here, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, I have just That's had. Two- a, I've just had a vision. A she will rock you tour that we have artists like Rachel play, but at cat cafes. Yes, <laughs> the vision is is coming to me. Yes, yes, we can and call it. She will rock me out. And that's the tour. That's a working title. I love that. We'll work on it. I also love the names of the cat cafes that people come up with. Like the um, cat cafe that I played at in Nashville was called the Music Kitty Cafe. I love that. And music was spelled M-E-W-S-I-C. And they're really, they're really clever titles. Um, And also the people that go to these shows are just like the kindest people i met this one woman her name's teresa maybe she'll be listening to this um she has turned into like my number one supporter i met her at a cat cafe in birmingham alabama it was my first out-of-state show so i was like kind of worried about it 
And she was a volunteer there. And since then, she has followed me on all my pages, always comments the nicest Aww. things. And she also makes cat jewelry. And so she sent me like a package of stuff that she had made for me. And she, I wear this ring that she made um, at all Aww. my shows and everything. Aww. Uh, in so all my nice. videos and she's just she's just the sweetest person and there were so many people like that whenever I played those shows that like mm -hmm. they just they were just so they were just so kind and can't wait to meet some more of them I cat love people that. are the best people as a cat person <laughs> I claim that title um so you mentioned your pink and purple brand slash image I guess and it's one of the most like polished cohesive artist brands I think I've ever seen we don't see it often no no shade to anybody else it's just not like up-and-coming artists first priority uh so what was the inspiration between like making sure everything was so cohesive okay so I'm so happy that you you're asking me about this because not that many people ask me about it so I went to school for marketing and branding there um, it is. i'm actually uh because I, i'm not a full-time musician yet i'm a multimedia specialist so i help other places with their branding and graphic design and when i went to school i honestly like i knew that i wanted to do music but i told myself that i needed I just needed to go not only to get that college experience and more years where I could have more life experience to write about in songs, but also so that I could get skills that would help me with music. Mm -hmm. And the way that like breaking into the industry happens now in a lot of places where I've seen it is artists have to not only be good at being a singer, being a songwriter, they have to be able to market themselves through content creation. And um, unfortunately, a lot of up and coming artists don't have that capability to do that and to be their own ambassador. And so um, I went into college knowing that I wanted to learn the skills to be able to do my own photography, my own videography, my own basic audio production, my own graphic design, merch design, website design, anything like that that I would need to do. And um, so, I learned all these skills through my four years at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. And um, I spent a lot of time trying to decide like what I wanted my image to look like, um, what I wanted my colors to be, my fonts to be, like how I wanted to present myself. And it, uh, I spent so many hours looking at color palettes and all this sort of thing. Um, and I really like learning like color theory and things that, that people like when they see colors, they get this message from it, even mm -hmm. if they don't really realize it. So how like a lot of advertising is done through like subliminal messaging. Um, and I wanted people, if they just saw a picture of me to know, like, I liked doing like really fun happy i was going to try to make your day better i was going to try to find a positive spin on a situation um and each different color like pink purple and peach that i use for all of my branding has sort of like a different um aspect to like the different facets of my music and everything like that 
Um, but it's, thank you for asking about the branding because I spend so, so much time working on it and trying to make things seem cohesive um, because I've also, I've driven my family crazy just wearing pink and purple and like trying <laughs> to find pink and purple clothing. Uh, my, my mom, like, I always have to tell her like, she'll, she'll find something. She's like, this would be perfect for a show. And I'm like, it's not pink and purple. And she's like, oh, you're aesthetic. You're aesthetic. <laughs> um, my closet is like half pink and purple clothing. Um, See mom, people notice. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> but it's, you know, I'm just trying to stay consistent with it because um, I've had people who have come to like just like one or two shows that have followed me on social media who will see something like out and about if they're at Target or they're somewhere and they've like sent me pictures and like, oh my gosh, I saw this shirt and it like instantly made me think of your music. And so I went and re-listened to your song and I like, I just love it. And like, it's, it's that kind of thing where you see something and it triggers you to think about my music is that's, you know, kind of the method I was trying to, to do with it. So thank you so much for asking about it. I could talk for about five hours about <laughs> everything, but I will leave it at that. <laughs> I love it. As a fellow marketing professional, yes. we understand. <laughs> we do. Yeah. We also yeah. created our brand from the beginning. So, mm -hmm. oh, and it. it's like, it's so cohesive. I know this is your, uh, you're interviewing me, but like, it is so cohesive. Your cover Thank art you. to like the posts you put up on social media to like the little intro thing, the yes. little intro theme thing. Like it, it all just flows together really Thank well. Thank you. Thank you. We put a lot of thought into our into our graphics me and Leah. Yeah, but like, we just redid that cover photo and it took us like yeah. a week to nail it down. We drew it all ourselves. We well, did. You nailed it. You did. People it took you a, like a week. It, you nailed it. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Um, so when I was try pitching to Beth Ann and I was like, we got to interview Rachel. I called you modern Dolly Parton, which leads <laughs> into the next question of who are your biggest inspirations? Oh my gosh. To be a modern Dolly Parton, I love Dolly Parton so much. Since I grew up, well, this is a tangent. Since I grew up really close to um, Dollywood, mm -hmm. we would go, we would always get season passes and go up to Dollywood every weekend. And it was like, Dolly was like, like I felt like kind of territorial over Dolly because she just existed in Dollywood that was just really close to my house. So whenever I realized that Dolly was like an international sensation, like savior of the world, I like it, it blew my mind because it's like, oh, this is Dolly. She's just 45 minutes down the road. Um, <laughs> but I, I love Dolly Parton so much. And one time I went to Dollywood with my like AAU basketball team whenever I was in seventh grade and Dolly was doing a parade through the middle of the park. Oh, for real. And yeah, for real, for real. Like she gets in a cute little carriage and like just waves Aww. at people. It's the cutest thing ever, but she doesn't do it. Like it's, it's not usually like advertised that she's going to do it. You're just there. And then sometimes Dolly is there. Oh. Um, and there wasn't like any security or anything like people were just like making a way for her little cart to go through. And so this girl on my team was like, let's just like jump in behind Dolly. Like, why not? And so we just like all jump, like our whole basketball team just like starts following Dolly's cart and like waving at people. And then like we walk through the park with Dolly. Did not get to meet Dolly. Aww. Love Dolly so much. Um, 
I would say that Dolly's definitely inspired a lot of like my branding sort of things as well as her songwriting is, is incredible. Um, usually whenever I'm thinking about my main inspirations for my music, I kind of have four, um, four women that I feel like really uh, have helped me hone in on my sound. And those women are Carol King, Linda Ronstadt, Casey Musgraves, and Taylor Swift. Um, the four of them all together have like kind of taught me different pieces. So Carol King is not only incredible singer songwriter, mm -hmm. she's also an amazing pianist. Mm -hmm. And she has one of like, she's one of the only people that I can listen to her music and want to go play a piano riff from her. Um, and you just don't get that many female musicians who are also such incredible piano players. Mm. I recently started performing I Feel the Earth Move at my shows. And I love like doing the whole piano riff and everything in it. It's just so much fun. And so from Carol King, I've definitely learned how to include my classical piano training into my songs. Um, Linda Ronstadt just an incredible vocalist who is able to kind of weave her way between genres but stay true to like her artistry and I really like how she was able to blend rock influences and um, country and blues to create this like vocal like the way that she's able to showcase her vocals is just incredible um, and I think that you can hear a lot of my Linda Ronstadt influences in my song Baggage um, and then Taylor Swift, super obsessed with Taylor Swift since I was in middle school. And so she's the first person I listened to. And I was like, wait, I could write my own songs. Mm -hmm. And so I started writing my music and it was like way too specific about like exactly who it was about, because I had read in like a Taylor Swift interview where she was like, just like write a letter to someone and like make it, put as many details in it as possible. And so like me, like my sixth grade brain was like, okay, so his locker number is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this is his eye color. Like, you know, making it way too specific. Um, but she's kind of the person that got me open the world of songwriting up to me. And then Casey Musgraves was kind of the final piece to the puzzle because um, I really wasn't a big country listener until I was in college. And um I distinctly remember a night where I was trying to write an essay in college. I was up until like three in the morning and I really just needed a mental break. And I don't know why, but I had heard like someone a year prior to this had told me that there was this girl who written a song about biscuits. And I was like, okay, let's just, I need something to wake me up. So let's listen to the song about biscuits. And it was Casey Musgrave's song biscuits off of her pageant material album. And the way that she was able to take these like, small town country stories and turn a phrase to be like hilarious in her songs but also make a point mm -hmm. um I just loved and that has really really influenced how I write songs and I think that that's pretty evident um in my songs that I've released so far you're also just describing mine and Beth Ann's music taste correct and all four of them <laughs> yes <laughs> they're 50 percent Beth Ann 50 percent me so <laughs> I yeah they're the best I love them I love all of those ladies so much uh skipping 
a few questions because you brought up an interesting topic about not listening to country music until college. I was the exact opposite. I was really into country music until like 2008, 2010. There was like a tonal shift. It all became all about just like drinking beer and driving trucks. Yeah, but I feel like, yeah, (laughs) I feel like there's very recently been a shift kind of to more storytelling, more uh, personal lyrics, Mm -hmm. less maybe less alcohol. Um, What do you think, or I guess, where do you think the country music scene is heading? Huh, that's a good question. Um, You know, I have recently, well, over the past year or so, gotten to know quite a bit of country artists who are just starting out like me. And I if those artists are a representation of where country music is headed, I love that. Um, I've seen a lot of artists who are creating things that are more in the vein of like Casey Musgraves, um, like her golden hour album. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a lot of artists who are just like throwing it back to wonderful songwriting, like Dolly Parton, you know, um, I think her name is Kaylee Hammock. Um, And, there, there's so many, especially women who are like starting to make it in country music, um, like Ingrid Andrus, Kaylee Hammock, um, Carter Faith, and just to name a few who are really getting back to like the root of telling stories through music. And I feel like that is what country music is, is explaining simple stories that are relatable in a unique way that people haven't really thought about them in that way before. And it kind of reminds me, I'm a huge fan of The Office. And I heard an interview from like the person who created The Office that said the whole point of the show was they wanted to make people know that there was beauty in ordinary things. Mm. And I feel like that's really like the heart and soul of country music Mm -hmm. is finding the beauty in ordinary things um, and telling stories and making just normal interaction, day-to-day things, a beautiful thing. Um, And yeah, so growing up, I grew up surrounded by people listening to country music. And honestly, like sometimes it's a vibe, like the kind of like bro country, like get in the truck, put on a car heart, drink a beer, whatever. I'm not really a big drinker. So most of the songs, like I can't really relate to, but they're like the energy in it, you know, sometimes I can get behind and just, it's a vibe, but like, what's interesting. I feel like if you really dig deep in a lot of those songs is like, they're written by people who probably never driven on a back road in a lifted truck. Yeah. drinking beer with their friends. Like they are people who have studied the industry mm-hmm. and realize that if they put a few buzzwords in the song, they're going to get people's attention and make a lot of money. And yeah. um, and I think that I think I hope that it gets back to sort of like the more authentic storytelling and um, you know, not so much trying to figure out how to get a number one radio hit but telling like authentic stories um and so that's where I hope it's heading you've released like three singles in the last year or so 
all of which I'm obsessed with. Um, but the newest one, Blue Hawaii, when I heard it for the first time, I think I listened to it like three times in a row because I was like, this is just clever. And I still keep catching things in it. And it's so catchy. And the visuals are great. Um, so what's what's the story behind the song? Because every song <laughs> has a story. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm so happy that you like Blue Hawaii. Um, so... Blue Hawaii was inspired by a specific night out. And it was also the quickest song I've ever written. I wrote it. The incident that I'm about to tell you happened. And then 24 hours later, I had the song completely done. Amazing. Um, so I'm not a, I'm not a big drinker. Usually if I go out with my friends, I'll have a drink, but nine times out of 10, I would prefer just to get like a diet limeade or an Arnold Palmer, or mm -hmm. my go-to drink right now is what I call a little SpongeBob. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, but if I go out with my friends and I get a drink nine times out of 10, it is a blue Hawaiian. And so I was out my, with my friends and there was this guy who was with us who like I had been flirting with for a while. And, um, he was flirting with me all night and like all my friends were texting me like, okay, tonight's the night. He like, he's totally going to make a move. He's totally going to ask for your number, all this stuff. And so we hung out all night, probably like for two hours at this place. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then at the very end of the night, he goes to get a drink and then he shows back up with this other girl that I didn't know existed. And then like, does not acknowledge my existence and then just leaves with this girl oh no and yeah <laughs> and so all do you my trash friends... him in the song please tell me you trash him yeah <laughs> good good so, for you so my uh friend the next morning my friend and i went out to get uh coffee and i was sitting there talking to her and i just like jokingly said you know, what would be really funny is like, if I wrote a song called Blue Hawaii and it was like a fun beachy song, but I just found all the ways that I could just like roast him through nautical and beach puns. Yes. And I was just like throwing it out there. Like I didn't actually intend on doing it. And my friend was like, Rachel, you have to do this. Like, I have to see what this looks like now. And so I went home and I did nothing else that entire day just writing down every single beach pun that I could think of every single like innuendo way to say things without saying things. And, um, it was so much fun to write that by the end of writing it, it was like, I didn't even care that this whole thing had happened because it was so much fun just writing the song. And like I said, by the end of the night, I had the song finished and I performed it for all my friends and I just like couldn't sing it without just cracking up. <laughs> and um, that's sort of like the experience that song has been for me. Playing it is actually really hard to play it live because I always laugh at my own jokes, which I guess is lame. But um, but yeah, it was also very difficult to, <laughs> to record. And I know I drove my producer crazy because I just kept laughing during the recording. And like at one point, I just had to be like, okay, like, let's just like think about death. Like, let's just think about like, <laughs> like the worst things in the world right now so that I can get through singing this chorus. Um, and so, yeah, it, 
it's kind of like a running theme through my music that I I kind of want to figure out a way to help people see like humor in bad situations or find like the good thing in bad situations. And that's kind of what that song turned out to be for me. Like I wrote it to figure out all the ways to like roast this guy through a, through like nautical puns, but it was, it turned into like this really happy experience (laughs) for me. Um, And no harm was done because that guy will never know it was about him. So it's just a funny thing that my friends know. (laughs) I love that so much that's amazing <laughs> it's it's the catchiest song i've been singing it all afternoon uh my cats <laughs> are tired of the impromptu concert <laughs> um so you did just release a song like a week two weeks ago but do you have any big plans for the near future well right now if um Right now, I'm thinking more about trying to rebook the Cat Cafe tour or rebook a lot of shows just to do some more live performance. Um, But I already know what I want my next song release to be. It's going to be in the same writing style, but in a different mood than I have done before. And so I'm excited to explore that and let people kind of know a different side of my personality. Um, and so I already have like all the visuals planned out in my head. It's just, um, a matter of figuring out the right time to release it. Um, so it'll either be in the fall or in the early spring when I release the next song. Um, but I was really excited for like two months (laughs) getting out and performing again. And then there's been this big spike in the Delta variant. So I'm not sure if I'm going to be booking a whole lot of shows or not. Um, but we'll see. Maybe if I'm not booking as many shows and I'm trying to not, you know, spread coronavirus, then I will uh, release the song in the fall. But who knows? Things, the thing I've learned definitely in the past year is things are always changing. Yes, they are. (laughs) Well, hopefully, hopefully you can book those shows, though, because the cats are waiting. That's right. And yeah, and now now I know that I need to like come up to Virginia. Is it Virginia or West Virginia? Yes, Virginia. Virginia. Now I know that I need to come up and play a show there. Yeah, Please we're do. in the southwest side, so like the Tennessee side of Virginia. So okay, well then that's pretty close. I should just yeah. I should go up there. Yes, we'll, we'll we'll meet you in the middle. Leah has <laughs> cats that you can stay with, and you can have a oh, cat wow. hotel. Cat yeah. bed and breakfast. I just volunteered your house. I only have dogs and they'll eat your we, breakfast. So we've got a guest bed. We got cats. There's a cat. What else does someone need in a place to stay? You got cats. You got a bed. That's all I need. That's it. That's that is it. all I look for. Uh, so before I hand the mic over to Beth Ann to ask our lightning round questions, where can people find you? I'm on all social media at Rachel McIntyre Smith. I'm also on all streaming platforms, Rachel McIntyre Smith and rachelmcintyresmith.com. And McIntyre is spelled M-C-I-N-T-Y-R-E. So not like Reba. Um, But yeah, Rachel McIntyre Smith on all streaming platforms and social media. Awesome. Okay. First question. Imagine Dolly Parton comes up to you and says, Sugar, can you write me a song? For my music, what is that song about? 
And also bonus points if you come up with a title right here, right now. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> well, I would go into a coma for a while, but after I woke up, um, I'm trying to think. There is a song that, hmm, I mean, Dolly, Dolly has such a range to her music. You know, like my gut is to say something like, like about, you know, dressing up or doing something like that. But like, she also has all this like bluegrass, amazing music about True. being from Tennessee. And so maybe it would be like an anthem about like the reality of growing up Ooh. in, in the South, like in mm. Tennessee and like Ooh. a small Appalachian town. That's like different from what you see is like the mainstream of like, Oh, this is the South from like outsider's perspective, but more like, you know, small town, community like this is really who we are and not you know so probably something something like that what's the title oh gosh oh gosh i don't know i don't know lightning round questions scare me yeah, once i yeah. hyperventilated during uh like a timed multiplication test oh no we won't we won't <laughs> no, put that so much pressure sorry. on you no 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 it's all good it's all good i go to therapy um <laughs> <laughs> I, if it, so, if it yeah. helps any i thought of a title for you okay this is the first thing that came to my head appalachian applesauce oh yes <laughs> i like that that's i but, mean i also thought of a title but that was not it what, what was your title, Leah? The only title I could think of was Dixieland Delight, which is an Alabama song, but <laughs> you could flip it on its head. I'm just saying, you talk about Appalachia, maybe it's about a grandmother who makes applesauce and brings that applesauce recipe to the community. I don't know. That's, That's a good I'm point. just saying. There's You've already the got the story right there. There's the pitch. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. What does... <laughs> What does your perfect cat look like slash act like? Okay, well, the perfect cat already exists, and I already own her. Um, okay, that cat also looks really great, Leah. She was literally talking to you, Leah. entered when you asked that question. Did She's she been really? asleep the whole time. Is it time. Misty? It's Mika. Mika, I always get, I always guess the other. They're twins. It's fine. Um, so the perfect cat already exists and I have owned her. My parents have owned her since I was six years old. Her name is pretty kitty. Aww. Um, she is an orange tabby cat and she is <laughs> the most talkative cat I've ever met in my life. She, she like talks, she meows, like she's having a conversation with people and is honestly really annoying, but in the best way like she knows how to get our attention um and she also follows me around like a dog mm -hmm. and lets me just hold her for hours and so she's she's the best cat she's the perfect cat and so yes an orange tabby named pretty kitty is the perfect cat I love it and then our signature question if you were a cereal what type would you be and why Okay, since I am now a devoted listener of this podcast. I, you better I be have, prepared. I have been listening and I've been thinking about this question for a very long time. And I think that I am like frosted mini wheats because, okay. you know, you get the sweetness on the outside, mm 
-hmm. but then it's like surprisingly nutritious. Like it's got a lot of fiber. And so I feel like that's kind of how my music is. It's got this sort of like sugary fun coat on the outside. That's kind of catchy, um, kind of funny. But then whenever you dig deep into it, it's actually got some something good to take away from it. Um, and so <clears throat> like in my song, High School Reunion, mm-hmm. it's kind of like this funny thing of like, let's raise a glass. The past 10 years really kicked our class. But mm. it's also like, a let's all kind of realize we're all in the same boat. We're all not where we thought we were going to be, but it's OK because we're just going to keep on going for it. And if we ever get there, that's fine because we got each other. I love and it. then baggage is, you know, honey, you just see me for my baggage, but I could be the whole package and finding that like inner confidence. And then Blue Hawaii is, you know, about finding the good in a bad date situation and trying to, you know, find ways to laugh about something bad that's happened. And so I feel like in that way, that's how I'm like frosted mini wheats. See, your your AP student came out in that answer. <laughs> your competitive A student, because that was, that was like a well-worded AP essay. <laughs> and you get a gold star. You get the Thank official you. She Will Rock You gold yes. star. Thank you. Was, that's, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting like Frankenberry because it's pink and purple, but that was a way better answer. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. You, 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 you had the prompt. You answered the prompt, you backed it up with evidence, and you concluded it. It was perfect. Like, like this like college admission essay thing. Yes. <laughs> it's also very weird that people are starting to anticipate that question now because it used to take people by such surprise. And now everyone's like, I wrote down my answer for this. We're like, you're not supposed to. <laughs> it's point of wrote. Well, we'll have to revisit. Maybe we switch it up. What kind of Pop-Tart would you be and no. why? That's oh, not the gosh. same. No, it's not. Uh, this has been such a fun conversation. Thank you so yes. much for joining us today. This has been incredible. This has also been incredible for me because I feel like I've been having an imaginary podcast with you guys in my head for like the past <laughs> like month. And so it feels like it's like all the words in my head are actually coming Aww. to life. So. Thank We're you so glad to have you. Thanks for being on the real podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you like this show. Special thanks to Death of Fawn for our intro riff. You can visit our website at shewillrockyou.com. There you'll find links to our social, the show notes, and a place where you can contact us. Other than that, don't do drugs. <laughs>